always thought alien life would come from the stars. But it came from deep beneath the Pacific. What the hell is going on? The first kaiju made land in San Francisco. The second attack hit Manila. And the third one hit Cabo. Then we learned this was not gonna stop. In order to fight monsters, we created monsters of our own. We needed a new weapon. The Jaeger program was born. Two pilots, our minds, our memories, connected. Man and machine become one. All right. Hey. We're live. We're back. The script BSE Pacific Rim. Yes. Chris Durham, David Negra, and Chris, how you do how you feeling? Oh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. It's uh, it's been a hectic couple of weeks. We haven't done one of these in a few weeks, so I'm I'm hoping I haven't, you know, forgot how to do it. Yeah, I'm glad. I'm glad we're back. Um, you know, uh, Pacific Rim. I caught it a couple weeks ago. It was, it was so much fun. Um, I just knew we had to do the BSC. You know. Yeah, man. It's you know, it, it it's good. It's uh, you know, it's definitely uh, you know, it, it's got all the the the, the uh, summer blockbuster mojo. You know, so many great things about it. It's a lot of positive reviews. I'm a fan of Guillermo del Toro. You know, um, yeah. The, you know, the worst reviews that I see about it are people like refuting that it's good. They, you know, they're 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 uh, mm-hmm. articles like why Pacific Rim isn't actually good. It's like no, right, it's right. good. It was it's a fun movie, man. It's, it it's was the, a lot it's of fun. It was a lot of fun. Let me let me just do some intros uh, for the script BSE. Okay, um, uh. The BSE is a companion to the script main podcast where we're going to use uh, Blake Snyder's beak sheet to break down the movie as we review it and go through what we liked, didn't like, um, about the how to all, all the craft of the writing, the screenwriting that goes into a film through the lens of this beat sheet. Okay, um, Our beat sheet, the final beat sheet that Chris and I put together for this is going to be available online. There's going to be a link to it. Um, uh, we are uh, we are now talking. We want I wanted to ask anyone out there listening. We need some iTunes reviews. We've got a couple good reviews up there. If you like the 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 podcast, if you like the script or the script BSE, please go to iTunes and uh, fill out a review. Give us four stars. Give us five stars. Tell us what you like about it. Also, tell us what you don't like. There's one or two up there um that uh you know have some criticism we're going to talk about those guys next week if you post a review we're going to talk about you um so with that um also up uh, on the website is a uh, explanation of the blake snyder beat sheet of what all the beats mean um and you can get that um there'll be a link to that at the podcast uh site as well absolutely with that, we're jumping in. The film is Pacific Rim. The filmmaker is Guillermo del Toro, right? Yep. Of 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 uh, of of Hellboy fame, of Pan's Labyrinth. Pan's Labyrinth was golden. Fame. What a great yep. film. Um, yeah. um, he, you know, he's one of the Mexican trio. Uh, him and Cuarón and Inuritu came out. About five six years ago, uh, kicking ass from uh, from Mexico. Yeah, he's a, um, he's a mastercraft filmmaker, man. Like he, you know, he, uh, you know, he he's got he's got his guys. He's got you know Guillermo Navarro is his like you know always DP. Yeah, you know, these guys craft a movie together. You can tell a, a Del Toro movie by the way it looks. Yeah, yeah, it's. I mean, you know, he's, Del Toro is famous for saying if. Um, if there isn't a monster on his call sheet, he's not coming to set. <laughs> yeah, you know, wasn't wasn't he originally attached to uh, do the Hobbit? I, I remember really looking At forward some to point that. He was doing, yeah, he was doing the Hobbit. Um, 
he's been this is his first film that came out in five years because um he was attached to this other film what was it called uh was it the minds of something um there's this big epic uh movie that he got drawn into um uh, that didn't that didn't come about. So Pacific Rim, he finally picked up. But this is right up his alley. Oh yeah. Um, this, is, this is up. This is right up his alley. This is, and um, I don't know. I want to jump into the beat sheet for Pacific Rim. Where are we? Okay. Opening image. The opening image for this. It's pretty straightforward. We start out underwater. We start out in space and underwater. Yeah, it's underwater, but it looks like space. But it looks like space, right? Yeah. So because, you know, and, 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 and he's putting together the ideas of, uh, is this a movie about space, science fiction in space? Is it about inner space versus outer space? And um, it matches up pretty interestingly uh, with the closing image at the end. Um, yeah. Because there ha there is some multidimensional aspects to it, right. um, but uh, a lot of this movie does take place in the water and fighting in the yeah. water and over the water. So yeah, definitely, this is not um, a movie about robots fighting aliens in the sky as much it is as fighting them on land and in the ocean. Well, yeah, I mean the the the, the aliens or the the kaiju they come from the water, right? Like the, you know they. They, they come from deep under the sea from another dimension and a crack, you know, and that's part of the opening image too. Like, you know, you have what looks like a star field that resolves to an under ocean image and that it lands on the, this, you know, crack in the ocean floor that is, is uh, you know, a portal to another dimension, right? Aliens not coming from space, but from underwater. It's a little, Cameron did it first. Little James Cameron. I was about to say, little <laughs> James Cameron. It's a little... Uh, it's a little bit uh, from yeah. the, the the nightmares that brought us the abyss. But these but, are two way separate movies, man. <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. They definitely. Um, so the setup, uh, oh, the, the theme stated. I had a little trouble remembering if anyone had theme stated, except for the fact that there are badass lines written throughout this whole movie. Most of them given to Marshall, and I'm gonna put yeah. those throughout the um, throughout the podcast tonight. Um, but uh, you know. It's just, uh, you know, canceling the apocalypse is like my favorite. We're, tonight we're canceling the apocalypse. Yeah, you so. know, I, I don't know. Those didn't land well with me, man. Like, uh, I don't know if it, if it was his delivery of them or if it, or if it felt like it. Uh, it you got, you got to be on board for this, man. This is where you sign up. This movie is one of those, you know, it takes us back to the to the, those eighties, like go for it films. Okay, the soundtrack sounds like an 80s movie. The vehicles and the, yeah. the robots, they seem like G.I. Joe, Cobra, Robotech, and Voltron, you know. Oh, the don't get me wrong. The, the badass one-liners, the music, you know, they got Tom Morello on the, on, on the guitar, but he yeah. brought back this 80s, you know, uh, feel. Uh, you know, so I love the, the one-liners. Um, mm -hmm. So um, and maybe I'll, I'll figure out a theme stated to put on the beat sheet a little later. Um, but the setup of this movie is basically that there are these enormous monsters, Godzilla-like monsters, they called Kaiju, right. slowly started to attack cities of Earth okay, out of nowhere. Yeah. And so in response, in, uh, we decide to build these battle machines called Jaegers. To, right. to fight them hand-to-hand. -hand. German for hunter. Right? Hunter. Ah, okay. Yeah. Deciding to build robots is a very Japanese response to such an idea. Almost, you know, it definitely goes back to... Oh, to, sure. Uh, ...to the Godzilla stuff. But oh, yeah, this is like every like, Godzilla movie the, and the German, anime. The Germans are also, tech, you know, historically great technicians. So, um, yeah. interesting. There's a very international feel to this film, right? Oh, sure. Um, it's brilliant in terms of marketing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They, you, you've got, you've got your, uh, every Jaeger has to be piloted by two guys. What was that about? Uh, so they, they explain it away uh, by, uh, it, it's just too much for one guy, right? Like, um, 
you know, you, you it, it takes the right hemisphere of the brain from the guy on the right and the left hemisphere of the brain from the guy on the left. Uh, no one person could really do it. So they've got, they've got to, a Jaeger. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they got to drift. They got, they got to do a neural handshake uh, to, cool. you know, to be able to do it. Yeah. It's cool, man. It's a, it's a cool idea. It, it's it, a cool you know, way to put two people to pair people up in a film. Um, you need a Maverick and Goose situation. Exactly. Okay. If you had one pilot, you could very easily have the Jaegers piloted by one guy and two Jaegers, but you, you character wise, you've got to put two people in this. We, you know, the, the, the relationship between the two, uh, the main character and, uh, the dynamic character that we meet Mako later, it's very important to the story. If you're going to have any story in between this, this movie about robots kicking monsters asses. So yeah. it, and you're constantly going back and forth. You're, you're constantly going into the cockpit and showing yeah. these two people and showing what's going on, you know? The neural drift mechanism, it's a teamwork thing, brings a teamwork theme. There's a lot of great themes. I got to tell you, the, the family themes in this movie are so heavy. They're everyone's brothers, everyone's brother and sister, everyone's father and daughter, everyone's father and son. You know, yep. it's very heavy. And so just like the family dynamic is there. Okay, so moving forward with the setup, um, uh, there's a Russian pair of Jaeger pilots, a Japanese pair, a British pair, and our American pair. Right. Uh, although our American actors don't, our, our actors don't do as great American accents, and I forget that they're American at certain points throughout this movie. Right, right, um, yeah. Charlie uh, Hunnam sure, sure does okay, but... <laughs> Yeah, our main character R- Rally and his bro- Rally and his brother are the Americans, and their their is named Gypsy Danger, um, and cool, they, which is awesome. Gypsy Danger yeah. is fantastic. Yeah, and um, I mean, it, it makes you think of uh, motorcycles or something like that, or uh, or um, you know, old airplanes. Uh, uh, like the Memphis Bell. Yeah, know? exactly. It's it's got yeah, it's got that kind of vibe to it. Yeah. Um, but in the setup, early first act in a battle with a kaiju, these brothers who are some of the best the best pilots, uh, they take some risks they don't need to, and Rally's brother ends up dead, ends up yep. torn out of half half of you know half of the the duo is torn out, and um, this sets up this is the the old world for for Rally is that uh, he and he quits being a Jaeger pilot after this experience he loses his brother. Right. Well, it's more than just losing his brother, though, right? Like, the, you know, they talk about your mind and your memory merges when you're in a drift. So not only did he lose his brother, he felt what his brother was going through. Yeah. You know, when his brother, so it's, it's, it's worse than just seeing your brother die. You, you feel him die. Yeah. So that's insane. And that's and that but that's that's that sets up at the same time. They give us a little exposition that there's a second solution, a competing solution to the Jaeger program. Um to uh, de- defeating the kaiju's a coastal wall solution. Basically, they're just going to build big ass walls around around the major cities of Earth and let the let the kaiju's pound on them. Like, who the hell ever thought that was going to work? Like, like it's not not. Well, but they they explain too. Like the the, the problem is is the the you know the escalation is already starting, right? Like, it started with with one kaiju coming and uh, bashing up San Francisco, and then they they destroyed it, and then more came, but they're coming more and more frequently, right? So yeah. so so uh, so frequently that you know the Jaegers just can't keep up anymore. You know? I, I saw some. I just kept feeling like political like implications of the wall. Every wall that's ever been put up in you know history of earth has been you know a bad idea you get the berlin wall you get the wall we're trying to america is trying to put up between mexico uh and the united states you get the wall that yeah israel is trying to erect it's just a way of not dealing with the problem it's a passive idea way of not dealing with the problem and so uh the coastal wall project starts to fail after a couple years and then the kaijus start to attack at greater um frequency and uh, Marshall, played by Idris Elba, um, you know, best best performance of the whole movie for me, um, tries to recruit Rally again and bring him back to the Jaeger program because they're jump-starting it and they've got a new plan, even though the Kaijus are coming more frequently and they're bigger and badder. Yeah, it's kind of his last-ditch effort, right? Like, this is what we're going to do. 
uh, you know, we're, we're going to try to seal it up. We've got a plan uh, because, you know, if we don't do this, all that's left is the wall. Right, right. So, um, yeah, you said they're going to seal it up. What's the plan? Yeah. What would so, they, well, what the plan, so, so the, the, I mean, the plan is, is to... The hydrants are coming out of a hole in the deep yeah, in the ocean. They want to seal this up, although they say it's been tried before and failed. You know, but but again, this is they think it can be done. This is the last dish effort. There's only four, uh, there's only four Jaegers left, right? Yeah. Um, and and so, uh, and and so Marshall seeks out Riley, Charlie Hunnam, and that that's really your catalyst, right? That that's your inciting. That's insight. our catalyst, yeah. And um, and then debate Riley. Is it Riley or Riley? Uh, you know, I I, th- I I go with Riley. I, I, I mean, I I don't know. That's one of those words. Some people say Raleigh. Yeah, I'll say I'll say Raleigh Durham. Raleigh Durham. Um, Raleigh refuses at first. He doesn't want anyone else in his head. He knows he'd have to team up with someone again. He's not ready for that. Yeah. Um, and this is our debate. Um, and then it's really short here. Huh? It's, yeah, it's, it's really, really short. Yeah, the refusal of the call is really, really short here. It's, it's really kind of half-hearted. Marshall you know, so. drops a great one-liner. Look, man, the world is coming to an end. Wouldn't you rather die in a Jaeger? Bad. Yeah, or, or you want to fall off a wall, right? Like, yeah, exactly. You want to go away yeah. and work on a work on a coastal wall. Anyway, Riley just Riley decides to uh, get with it. Breaks into two. He says, "All right, I'll try. I'll come back after a couple of years. Back to the Jaeger program." And they show up at the Shatter Dome, which is like the headquarters of the new Jaeger program. Which is pretty awesome. It looks a lot like um, every uh, every uh, headquarters from Mattel that I bought as a kid. Every GI Joe headquarters, <laughs> Cobra headquarters. It looks a lot like the Terradrome. Right, know? right. Or like the uh, yeah, like the, the Transformer that was a city. Exactly, Metroplex. It looks a yeah, lot Metroplex, like Metroplex. Yeah. And <laughs> so this whole feat, the movie, you know, you know, Del Toro grew up at the same time we did. He was playing with all yeah. those toys or the Mexican versions of those toys. And he's just like making it real. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it, it, it's pretty cool. You know, and, and you got a warehouse that has, you know, these four Jaegers. Yeah. You know, and they're working on it. Okay. Then we get our, uh, our B story yep. um, comes through and I will, I will argue for, the first thing we get is we meet, um, Mori Mako, the 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 sexy yeah, officer. Mako, played by Renko Kikuchi. Which um, I couldn't. Who's she famous for? What is? Uh, you know, I can't stop thinking about. Uh, like while I was watching this, I just couldn't stop thinking about uh, Brothers Bloom, uh, oh. because she's in that, and it, like I I listen to that every day when I'm writing. It's like it's like my one of my favorite soundtracks, and so I always think about her about that movie when I see her. That w- was. Um, she's in the new Wolverine movie too. Yes. Yes. Uh, was she in? Was she in Inuritu's film? Was she the Japanese girl in Inuritu's film? Um, uh, the the uh, yeah, she was. It was um, in uh, Babel, right? Wasn't she in Babel? Was she? I may be jumping. Uh, yeah, she, she, was she, she was the Japanese uh, girl, a uh, teenage girl in in, in Babel. Uh, okay. Film, probably how she got get recommended to Del Toro because I know their buddy. So, um, yeah, she's fantastic. But to me, that's the C story. Okay, the real B story, the one that gets a lot of page count here, that's really more important, is um, is is the is the, the the research team, the biologist and the math guy, right? Yeah, who are working on the background uh, on how to beat these kaiju's from the inside out, trying to understand. You know, what goes on in the brains of the kaijus, who's sending them. The math guy is figuring out, you know, their frequency and when they may appear. Yeah, um, when there will be more than one, you know, that, you know, that's on the horizon now. This, and this is great because this B story functions just the way you want in a screenplay because it takes you out of the A story. The A story is very much rally and martial training to become you know, uh, better pilots of these Jaegers. And this is a completely other type of story. It's, uh, it's almost a detective story. A scientist trying to figure something out. Then he goes on a, he goes down to Chinatown, basically, try to uh, buy some, uh, 
some uh, some 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 kaiju like organic parts, and there's a whole right. thing we'll get into. It's a you know a B story's function in a screenplay is to relieve us from the A story, uh, right? To, but to also mirror it and and, and uh, intersect with it at, at yes. crucial points, right? Intersect at crucial points. Um, and yes, to mirror it, this is, you know, you know, the, the, the scientists and the math guy are the opposite of the military guys. Right. Right. So it, it, it's, it's the, but they still have that rivalry. They, 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 you know, ju- just like, uh, Riley and Mako are, you know, they're, they're, they're in it together and you know that they're going to come together at the end. They're not, you know, kind of quite copacetic just yet. Yeah. What's great is the math guy and the science guy hate each other in the beginning. Yeah. You know, you know, you know this reminded me a lot of, uh, of um, Independence Day, right? Like, because you, yeah. you've, you've got something similar going on with uh, the Jeff Goldblum thing. Absolutely. Right? Yeah. Absolutely. Um, and, uh, you know, the math guy drops another great one-liner. I don't know if this is Del Toro's writing. It might be Travis Beecham, because Travis Beecham has a story credit on this, but he's dropping these great one-liners. The math guy's, like, you know, arguing with the science guy about numbers. He says, numbers are the closest thing we get to the handwriting of God. Yeah, it's awesome. It's great. Yeah, I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's, it's very, very over the top, you know. But but, but also throwing, cool. you know, these one liners is like a dash of you know uh, uh, rhetoric in the middle of like a big ass action movie. I love it. That's how we. That's how action movies should be. Very few words, but when you drop the lines, it should be you know, be fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Strength they, and honor, you know. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, yeah, I definitely, I really like, uh, what's his name, Charlie Day's performance here. The uh, Charlie Day is great in this. Yeah. He's great in this. Uh, he plays the the, uh, the biologist or the kaiju. Yeah. Yeah, is he a biologist? He's, he's, he's like, he's like a, a, a kaiju groupie kind of. Xenobiologist, right? Like, right, right, right. Yeah, xenobiologist. Right. Um, he's so, like all about the kaiju. Okay, fun games. Um Marshall has his plan to to uh, against the new kaiju's. Uh, uh, he wants to nuke the opening, right? Um, the uh, the scientist and the mathematician kind of disagree. They don't think it's going to work. It's been tried before. Um, uh, but then um, the funding games is the training montage. Okay? Right, you will. Oh man, I wanted to, I wanted the Rockies, a Rocky another style training montage. Throwback, the training like montage of, and why would why would training for to be a, a kaiju pilot? Why would martial arts sparring be appropriate? Because it is. Because, because it is. It's an eighties throwback movie, okay? Yeah, because it's a dance, right? Like they've 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 gotta yeah. be able to to be one mind and connect and do that dance and, and sure, yeah. Sure. No, but it, but it's a, it's a it's a it, that's a fun scene, man, when they when yeah, they're there on the mat and they're fighting the sticks. Piece and the fun and games, absolutely. That's yeah. what we want. And uh, we get uh, we get uh, Mako, you know, who's supposed to be advising on who's the best partner, you know, we get Rally taking out everybody. You can't find anybody who's who's nearly as good as him. Um, can't yeah. find anybody who can who he wants to drift with. And then Maku finally steps in the ring against Marshall's uh, 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 his desire. He, there's yeah. something secret about her that he does not want her to be the pilot, uh, uh, the 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 pilot with with Rally. Um, something he knows about her past that he thinks uh, would uh, would uh, make her uh, a liability. Right, and then there's also some of that fatherly protectiveness again. Oh, well, that's a secret. Don't pay it off. It's later we find that out. We'll pay that off later. There's a secret. Yeah. Right. Right. Um, so one of the things I love about Mako is that she's a true believer. They do mention that something happened with her family and that. Well, one of the reasons she wants to kick Kaiju ass is to revenge her family. Yeah. You know? I love yeah. that. Really it's a classic theme. Her character life. Yeah, you know, Rally was kicking Kaiju ass before he lost his brother. That's just what he does. And right. now and now he was off. He, he didn't have any other place to go. You know, he's got no other place to go. So he comes back to the, to the Jaeger program. But Mako's been trying to get into a Jaeger her whole life to kick some ass to get some revenge sure um, and you just feel with her Japanese background you just feel the history of every every Godzilla 
a tax movie that you know did a number on Tokyo. She's trying to avenge all those deaths. Um, you know, uh, let's see. So we got the training mon, the candidates montage, and uh, oh, it reminded me a lot of the Karate Kid, the 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 the, the Karate, uh, the training montage. You know, these are like yeah. setting up. They're doing points, three points here, two points there. Right, That's, right. You know, you know, back to the you're the best of the 1980s soundtrack. You're the best around. Yeah, oh, I love that movie. Best in my monster movie. <laughs> so it's like um and then there's another great line where um rally tells Mako, i want you i want you to be my my uh partner but marshall doesn't and she says that she she um that it, it can't happen if he says it that's the way it goes yeah. right and she, and he says well, why are you so obedient to her and she says it's not obedience it's respect. Yeah. Booyah! More like these awesome one-liners. I yeah. love it, you know? It's a uh, 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 culture clash. Life echoes in eternity. I love it. Okay. So, um, back to the B story a little bit. Um, um, our sci our, our, our uh, scientist uh, does a kaiju human drift experiment. Newton. The guy's name is Newton in the movie. Yeah. Uh, and he discovers... Um, that, uh, what does he discover? You remember there's some master alien colonist scenario. Right. right? Like, was, yeah. So he kind of, he kind of sees, so they got a portion of the brain, right? And he, he does a drift with it and, and he can kind of see its memories. And then that he is like, a kaiju brain uses their drift technology. Right. And then he sees on the other side what, what they're doing and he knows what they're doing. He says, it's not, they're not just like these wild monsters that are kind of coming through. You know, they're, they're just kind of coming through. Those were like advanced scouts. The ones on the other side are really fucking crazy. And, and they're planning to come here and, and take it over. And, colonize. Yes. And that's, and that's, that's like, that's, that's sort of the, all right, aliens colonizing through space and time. He doesn't even mention that the dinosaurs were the first try. Yeah, yeah, he said the dinosaurs were the first try. Which the is, dinosaurs were the first try, but the colon the colonization got interrupted by the meteor. Something like that, yeah. It's uh, that actually struck me as really silly. Yeah, a little silly, but yeah, what you know, a little dinosaur. I mean, it gives some kind of genetic. Why do these things look like dinosaurs? I mean, let, let's talk about that, Chris. Okay. What about what do these monsters look like? What do you feel? How do you feel about these? Um, you know. I, I feel like he tried. I mean, he obviously tried to make them somewhat reptilian, right? Like, but but yeah. but also kind of tried to go out. And you know, I've I've listened to interviews or read interviews talking about you know how how he tried, uh, Del Toro tried really hard to make the monster design so that it, you know, although they were logical looking creatures, they weren't really, you know, exactly reminiscent of anything on Earth, right? So you got like the yeah. knife head, right? That that right. is. It, you know that it has the long nose. That's that, that's a knife. And the, the first the first monster looked like the. I don't know if you've seen. You see Conan the Destroyer. Oh my God! Remember yes. when they, they turned the prince into the? He go, it goes wrong because the, the 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 sacrifice goes wrong and he turns into a, like kind of a knife head monster. Yeah, yeah. And he's got well, Conan's got to pull the horn off it. Yeah, and Conan's got to pull his horn off. Well, I'm yeah, yeah. Conan is going to jump out of the Jaeger and and help rally out and pull the <laughs> horn great. off. And then yeah. uh, you know. It takes some hose in the castle, like he always does. Um, but to me, you know, the 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 monster, the creature creation in this movie, yeah, he had this reptilian thing going on. I thought what he didn't want to do was fall into basically the Power Rangers problem, which is basically a monster of the week who right. is very distinct. Like here is the monster that looks like a tiger and a chicken put together. Here is a monster that falls into, uh, that looks like an eagle and a bear, you know, right. put together. Um, because that's what happened, that's what Power Rangers was, like a monster of the week, and it each and they each had a, a special power, right, um, that was very well delineated, like a lightning beam or lasers from the eyes or bear claws or something like that. If he got, if he delineated it any further, I felt like it would step into this like Power Rangers, like Saturday morning cartoon stuff. So the aliens are a little bit 
these 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 monsters are um, you know they are creatures they are different creatures they have different abilities but he doesn't dote on it too much because other because I think which I think is fine is fine yeah don't they do they talk about someplace and it's been a couple weeks since I saw but I, I seem to remember them talking about like they all kind of start off the same and then as they grow they're molded genetically or something like that. That was that was a big hole in the movie for me. What Newton discovers, Newton's one of the guys discovered that these that the chromosomes are the same and that they're clones. Yeah. And if they were clones, how do they end up different? Like I don't get that. Like that didn't work for me at all. Um, yeah. So the the masters back in the other dimension are cloning these guys. Um, and where does that play in? I don't understand where that plays in. If there is a, you know, this doesn't play into the movie. I mean, I have a tr- some trouble with the third act of this movie. I want to talk about later. But sure. if, if you're going to use this idea of, of, well, they're cloning, all you have to do is the goal of the third act is to kill the original, and then you can't clone them anymore. Right. And that's not what we have here. Yeah, um, yeah. So that's maybe a little bit of uh, what, we, what we call uh, what the multi-mumbo-jumbo, right? Yeah, exactly. You try to explain too much. Like you're explaining that, that you know, where these come from and that they're clones, but that doesn't really matter. Look, man, Newton's, Newton's doing all sorts of experiments on them. He didn't need to decide that they were genetically alike or brothers or whatever, whatever. He just needed to figure out the brain. Oh, is while we're talking about monsters, I wanted to bring up Starship Troopers, okay? Okay. Remind me a lot of those insects, right? Yeah, the bugs. Reminiscent of the bugs from Starship Troopers, which were very much more like Power Rangers, Power Rangers delineated. You've got the soldier insect. Right, and then you have the brain, the queen insect, right, yeah. and then um, you had like these slugs that were more like these uh, artillery, like heavy artillery, uh, cavalry insects. Um, very well defined, and it makes it a little more cartoonish when you say that uh, you know these that these insects were created for a very special purpose. You know, it makes right. it feel very much like Mattel is you know coming out with a toy line that has to be well understood by by eight-year-olds yeah um, but uh but again I, yeah. we forgive it here right because at the end of the day you can't get more high concept than than sea monsters versus robots that's right and that's like i said del toro doesn't go down that path he tries to make it a little bit more ambiguous these monsters are a little bit scarier a little different every time a little different powers every time all right yeah. moving forward we're in the fun and games um we've got the training montage um, I didn't mention one, one note I made was, um, we show, we finally find out what happens to Mako in her childhood. Right. Do you remember? Yeah. 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 Um, so, so, well, okay. So when, when they finally step, when, when Mako and Rally finally step into a Jaeger together and, and they do the neural handshake, yeah. uh, you know, she, kind of freaks out right because because she's now because he's i guess because he's got uh access to her memories and so she's going back in time to when she was a little girl and her family was killed in a kaiju attack yes and and, and you know and, and she was kind of running from from the monster right so we see all that here i i don't i think it's later on that we see the end piece see, of that right it, this is very telling for me not very much later on we see we see the beginnings of that story, and then um, only a couple of scenes later, we see it in full effect again. Yeah. Um, Guillermo del Toro shows Mako's childhood memory twice, okay? And to me, this is telling of the filmmaker. This is the most telling scene of the filmmaker in the whole movie, that he shows this twice. I think del Toro connects to this child, um, the, the monsters and nightmares, um, from his childhood, uh, the, a lot of his his creative um, uh, 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 his creative juices come from his nightmares of of when he was a child. And well, yeah, that plays out in Pan's Labyrinth as well. Plays out in Pan's Labyrinth, absolutely. And I think when you see again when he shows this Mako's um, childhood dealing with. A monster attacking our city, taking our family, and then being saved by a knight in shining armor. A Jaeger shows up right. and saves only her. And who's the pilot? Marshall. Marshall. 
Yeah. Back when Jaegers were only piloted by one guy, right? Yeah. And they and she saves him, and then it's revealed that it's not just that Marshall thinks she would would be a liability as a pilot because she wants revenge, but he thinks of her as a daughter. He doesn't want her in danger. Yeah. Um, but I thought it was very telling that Del Toro spent so much time, uh, you know, in a movie that's, you know, full of like action stuff. He spent a lot of time on these images of the childhood being frightened, very scary images, crying images, running through the street. Um, I think that, you know, speaks to, uh, some of the super genres. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a kid's the super genre of Del Toro. The thing he's always talking about. The, 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 the auteurness of, uh, Del Toro. And then Rally gets into an argument with uh, Marshall about uh, letting Mako after after uh, she flips out a little about letting her um, uh, pilot again, and uh, puts his hand on Marshall. And Marshall says two things: one, don't you ever touch me again; two, two don't you ever, ever touch, touch me again. again. <laughs> badass, badass. Idris Elba is the biggest badass in this movie. I love it. This is such a great fantasy world. I, I one note it was like I felt really transported watching this movie. I felt really um, and unlike you know they the super the Terradrome the Super Dome whatever they're in their headquarters feels a lot like um, uh, the the headquarters in the Matrix. You know it's underground, it's metal. Oh, yeah, yeah. It feels like they're running around a first person shooter a lot. You know, <laughs> um, but the sense of this movie is an optimistic one the matrix when they're underground it's a very nihilistic movie all the philosophies around are very nihilistic about you know the weaknesses of man and robots we deserve to die kind of stuff this is about no we are striving against all odds to you know using uh, everything we have to fight and we're gonna win it's very optimistic and uh you know yeah and it's you know, it's important that the, the heroes in it are, are really driving that optimism, right? Because you can kind of see that the world around them, you know, they've kind of gone to building walls, right? And, and you know, there's scenes where Marshall is having to talk to these politicians, right, who are not so, you know, forward about it. They, they, they're just kind of throwing their hands up in the air and all we can do is build walls. And Marshall is still out there saying, you know what, we can do something about this. And he's putting together his team. And this is where I got to start to talk about some uh, one of the flaws, the structure of story flaws in this movie, which is Marshall, at a certain point, starts taking over the movie. Our protagonist, Rally, I, 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 I wrote down the note. I said, this movie needs a star. Yeah, the, I agree. The actor, the actor who plays Rally is not a big enough star to hold down this movie. They should have put somebody bigger in you know why? Because in an action movie, in a blockbuster, you should put a star in. Okay? Yeah. You know what? It's part of the genre convention. Okay? And this guy, we don't know. He's not carrying it enough. And then they make the story mistake. The marshal starts taking over, um, you know, a lot of the duties of um, a protagonist in a story. Okay? Yeah. Um, he starts taking over... Um, uh, uh, the, his, his, his connection with Mako, the training, uh, eventually getting the Jaegers together and the training going becomes more of a big deal. Um, it's, we'll get to more. I, I just want to... Yeah, wanna... no, it, it, there's definitely that protagonist problem. It, it, it actually, you know, we keep talking about movies that this reminds us of in certain ways. This reminds me a little bit of Armageddon, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you know, it's is it is it uh, Affleck or is it Willis, right? Right, but you know that's well balanced because it's, it's well balanced. Is the A story? Uh, Willis is the mentor, okay. And uh, in the third act, Affleck has his own A story, while Willis has his own A story, and then they come together. And um, you know, maybe we lose, we, we lose Rally for quite a while um, in the second half of the second act. Let's get to that. Our midpoint here is um, the kaiju start attacking Earth again, okay? So, yeah, so this this is weird, and, and I, I kind of wonder exactly where to place the midpoint here, right? Okay. Um, I, and, you know, I, I, I kind of tend to think that it, that it, um, it goes with, 
so I don't think that it's necessarily when Charlie Day does the mind meld with the alien, mm-hmm. but I think at a certain point um, when he's talking to uh, Hannibal Chow, which is an yeah. awesome name, um, that th- he realizes what he's done, and 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 that sets the ticking time clock, right? Because sure, now now he's mind melded with them, and because they have a hive intelligence, they've uh, they've um, they know what's going on. Did that you, okay, so what you're suggesting, okay, this is good, you know, basic story structure where the B story, um, Newton goes to the Hong Kong underworld, finds an apothecary shop, reminds me a lot of Big Trouble in Little China. Absolutely. Right? We get yeah. a nice cameo from Hellboy himself, Ron Perlman, as Hannibal Chow, um, yep. as the kaiju black market like guy who has like oh, just and everything. And and yeah. um, he gets uh, he gets a brain from him or like a second brain from him so that he can do a full on mind meld with the thing. And what you're suggesting, and I didn't get this, what you're suggesting is that when he fully mind melds with the brain, it tells the the masters back in the other dimension what their plan is. Yeah, well, that's what he says. He, so so Hannibal Chow says to him at one point. He says he. he, he as soon as he realizes what's happened, he starts closing down shop and throws Charlie Day out. Right? He's like, he's like, oh, yeah. no. And at one point, he says to him, he says, "Okay, so you 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 drifted with the kaiju." Uh, and he says, "Yeah." He says, "And you know that the kaiju have a hive mind." And that's when he realizes that you know you just told, you know, every other kaiju on the other side what's going on, and that that kind of steps it up. And it's not too long after there that the first double uh, kaiju battle comes, right? Like, like, yes. like yeah. But so, also the math guy predicted that one. He said that that was... Uh, sure, but it's an escalation, you know, that, that, that happens, like, right... You know, that happens not too long after the midpoint. So that's one thing that we... It's when we get a bit more of a, you know... The, the stakes are raised. We've we've got a bit of a timetable now. Uh, the bad guys can close in because now they're kind of more privy to the good guys' plan. Yeah, that you know? works really well. That works really well. I didn't I didn't I didn't pick it up the first time around, but that no, of course he's now. There's a ticking time clock. We're moving forward. We we get into our our our, our second of the only. We're at the midpoint, and it's only our second kaiju Jaeger set piece, which is great because when you're Movies about monsters battling robots. You can only do it so many times and make it interesting and surprising and so, so whatnot. Right. You, you can't do like Superman and have like a forty-minute-long fight, right? You, you exactly. Got, you, you well, got to pepper it. what happened at the end of Man of Steel. Well, that's what I'm saying, right? You got to you've got to pepper it throughout the movie, right? right. And, and so we've got our points. our midpoint is our second robot, our second Jaeger kaiju set piece. It's very Top Gun here, okay? Yeah. Because Maverick and Ice are grounded. Mako and uh, yeah. Rally are not allowed to go out. They send in the Russians and the Chinese, right? right. The Chinese have this dope-ass Jaeger with, like, four arms and, and like, knives. And well, and, and not, let, let's, let's not forget, too, there, there's also the rivalry with, what is it, the Australians, right? The, 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 I think they're the, Brits. I think they're Brits. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But, but it breaks out into a fight, you know, and, and this is, again, this is bad guys close in stuff. This isn't really yeah. the bad guys, but this this is antagonistic Back forces of, of rivalry within the ranks, right? Right, right. The American versus the British. Who's going to be the real leader of this game? Right. Maverick, Maverick versus Iceman, right? The little Iceman versus Maverick, yeah, very yeah. much. Um, so in our second set piece, uh, the Russians and the Chinese fight this one kaiju uh china employs the thundercloud russian the russians just pound the hell out of this thing uh but the chinese are destroyed um their their uh year is called typhoon which is awesome um and the russians are uh because the kaiju out of nowhere decide to double team them right we get two kaiju right time right um, and so this is a great way to raise the stakes. Like the first time we saw this, the rules of Kaiju Jaeger fighting is one on one. No, second time we do it, all of a sudden the rules have changed, right? Yep. So you've surprised us. You've got to be able to do that. It's a you've street fight. You've got to surprise fight, us in these fights. 
Because, uh, you know, because otherwise this movie's going to get very boring, predictable very well. Also, the kaiju um, in the second uh, set, you know, kaiju, Jaeger set piece. All of a sudden, this kaiju has an EMP, an electromagnetic yes. pulse that can mess with, with uh, robots. They're evolving. Okay, yeah. bad guys are definitely closing in. Um, and uh, one, of the, one of the reasons uh, Gypsy Danger is sent in is because technically it's not... Um, Fully electronic powered. It's oh, it's powered. yeah, it's nuclear powered. Um, it's analog. Yeah, I, I don't so know that it would have no electronic power at all. I don't know that it would be fully mechanical. No, you you know, you know what though? Like it, it actually reminds me of uh, when back in the day when I was in the Air Force. You know, we we used to uh, you know talk about like hardening. You know, you'd have to harden airplanes so they would resist in a nuclear war. Uh, but you would hear stories about guys who. How do you do that? Uh, like lead and, and stuff like this. Secret, will you have to kill me if you tell me? I, I never had to do it. You, you just knew <laughs> that it, that they had done it for certain planes. But like we would talk to guys who had, who'd gone over to Russia, and the Ru- Russians were just still using tubes. They didn't have solid state tech in their airplanes. I mean, like the, like the MiGs and stuff did, of course. But like their cargo planes and stuff like that, they were still using tubes. So like if there were, if there was an EMP from a nuclear uh, blast, like the plane would keep flying. And you know that's kind of what it reminded me of. Like right, 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 right. Where we we spent a million dollars on a space pen, the Russians used a pencil. Right, right. right. apocryphal, but whatever. Um, Gypsy Danger saves the day. Um, he saves the, you know, uh, uh, the, the the Russians and the and, and the the Chinese are destroyed. The British guy is disabled. Gypsy Danger saves the day. Yes. Kills kills both of the the kaiju's. And Earns we, the grudging respect of the the Brit, the the, the younger Brit. Yeah, and then yeah. Uh, you know, Riley gets a badass line. The 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 the, uh, the uh, kaiju sitting there. All, all you know dead on the ground he says i think this guy's dead but let's check for a pulse boom yeah 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 takes him out and just like blows him to bits he's like cuts these just keeps shoots him to bits beautiful um so it's a victory but it's a three on two okay um quickly update us on the uh the b story we we are updated on to um the c story is mako and rally they're growing closer. They're like working as a team because they're successful. Gypsy Danger saves the day. We come up with a, a D story here. We discover Marshall has an illness. Yes. Talking about Cold War and uh, radiation. What do we find out? Right, the soldier sickness, right? Like uh, going back to, to Vietnam, right? Like the, the DDT and all that, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, but no, like, yeah, he's uh, apparently, what is it? It's, it, it's, it's, because it's he was radiation a, poisoning from, from piloting those old Jaegers, right? Because, when, because they did it before they had the neural drift. It was, it was too much yes. for one person to do it, right? Yeah, that's right. That's what it was. And yeah. so he was a, he was a Jaeger pilot. Um, and he, uh, you know, he had, d- d- you know, dozens of missions. Um, and so basically, you know, he's got some kind of something where he's dying. He's getting bloody noses, whatnot. You know, he's the, he's the father of this movie. And we finally, you know, we get to feel, you know, his time is limited. Um, let's see. The Kaiju Brain Expedition, right? Okay, so... Basically, we've got two big set pieces of Kaijus versus Jaegers, and we find out that um, it's now time to execute the plan. Like, it's, we're getting very close to the low point. I guess the right. low point is essentially when we lose the Japanese and the Russians. Um, yeah, the, one of my notes from seeing this, and I remember, is thinking, you know, there's like, the, there's not really a, what, what I would consider a true low point here, you know, and I don't think it suffers for it. I, I just like there, there's, there's not that like all is lost, you know. The the father son duo. We find out the father son duo in the British uh, Jaeger. Um, you know, the father has been you know disappointed because the son is kind of a cocky bastard the whole time, um, and they sort of make up. They make amends a little, um, and the father's, but the father's injured from the fight, and he won't be able to drift and and fight in the final fight with his son, um, which is great because it, it gives Marshall the chance to step in. We get the old 
the old uh, we get the old uh, the old uh, Jaeger pilot back and because we want Idris Elba in this movie we want him in the finale yeah, yeah you want him you know? definitely and this yeah. is where he fully takes over by the way because at the Dark Knight of the Soul he you know Marshall gives the great Henry V speech right today right. we are canceling the apocalypse he's giving it not rally not our protagonist not yeah. you know, you know Maximus, that, not William Wallace, but you know the mentor. But that's okay. Character. Again, you, you you go back to to Independence Day. It's the president who gives the speech, right? It's not it's not your it, it's not Will Smith. Oh, okay, okay, okay. You know, well, but you, that's a good analogy. You know, so the the thing the thing is is like, and you you mentioned it before that you know a bit of uh, I guess. Uh, Protagonist. I wouldn't say real protagonist ambiguity, but but there there are a lot of protagonist elements that are taken on by Marshall, look, look, and I th- I think the like I think you also mentioned uh, mentorship, and I, I think what what would have made it work better for me is if uh, Marshall had been more of a mentor to Rally, um, rather than just like a boss and get your hand off me. Right, because you know what? Because we get what we have is we have Marshall and Mako. Right, father daughter, okay, and what we have is um, the British father son relationship, okay, yeah. and what we have between Mako and and Raleigh can only be categorized as a brother sister relationship, okay. Right. There is some sexual chemistry in the very beginning, but no, this whole film has a family feel to it. Yeah, okay, yeah. and that is why, and you, you, you know, Del Toro, you know, had this in mind because you know Mako and and Rally never do it. They never kiss. In the end, even when they're victorious, like it's just a hug and like we did it. It's it's like a family scenario. This whole, you know, all the Jaeger pilots. It's a big extended family. Yeah. Um, break into three. Time to go execute um, Marshall's plan. We're gonna take the uh, the final two Jaegers. Um, yep. To the to the to the opening in the ocean, and we're gonna nuke it and hopefully close it up. And for me, I'm like, you know, it's finally it's a sunny day, and they're flying above the ocean. I'm like, finally, we're gonna get to see some of this imagery in the light right. of day because it's raining every other time. Because every other fight has been in the rain, in the water, in the dark, whatever, and it's beautiful. We get to see these beautiful robots. Uh, you know, flying this on some great special effects, and then they dive underwater. Dump them <laughs> in the it, sea. And it's the abyss again, and it's dark, and it's hard to see. All right, and we get, and we, we get, get, we get a good third plot twist. Or third, um, third, third, third act hold twist. on, hold on. The, the, the B story crosses um, because Newton and the mathematician, uh, they, what do they discover? What's the new information that well, they discover? So, so they they get the brain from from Hannibal Chow, right? Yeah. Um, and or no, is it they they there's a kaiju that gets killed. One one of the kaiju that got killed in the earlier fight, they go in to get its brain. So they've got Hannibal Chow and, and, it, and, and his scavengers. It has a right. baby baby yeah. kaiju, which also doesn't work with the whole clone thing. But c- please continue. Oh wow, yeah, I, I didn't even think about that. You're yeah. you're absolutely right. Um, okay, but uh, so so, and they decide to drift it together. They team up. They team up. Yeah, they do a, a two man. That's right. Because they, they so now you, there's your your love story between the two scientists, right? They uh-huh. they, they now, now they become friends. Yeah. So uh, they they drift with it and they figure something out. They figure out that the uh, portal is one way, right? Like uh, the that. Uh, what is it? If they they have to actually go into it to destroy it. The the, 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 the portal can sense if if uh, if it's not organic matter or something. Yeah. Just throw a bomb in there. You're we're gonna have to go through it to get there, and to go through it, um, it won't just let a a a, a robot through. It's got to be some a kaiju has to be involved. There's got to be some organic material there so right. they, they they enter with this new information you always get new information after the low point before the break into three um and the plan you know the two jaegers get down into the get down into the water um and now it's two on two 
right? Yep, we yeah. think it's two Kaiju versus two uh, Jaegers, and Gypsy loses an arm, but he whips out a sword. Now he's got a sword. It's Voltron time, right? Yeah. And um, we've got, uh, you know, two on two. We've got the father and son theme again. Um, and uh, But Marshall and the British kid um, end up getting their ass beat. And yeah. they've got to sacrifice themselves to give uh, Beckett, um, Rally Beckett, the, uh, the chance to, and Mako, the chance to go through with the bomb and uh, try to detonate. Yeah. Um, this is where it gets, you know, I'm, I'm a little let down by this third act. I mean, basically, it's, it's very Armageddon right here. It's very... I mean, I love the fact that, you know, you're, you're going to have to have Marshall sacrifice himself at the end of this movie. That's fine. Sure. He drops, he, he sacrifices his name and he says to his daughter, he says, he says, you know, he says, you can always find me in the breach, you know? Yeah. And it's great. It's emotional. It's wonderful. That works. Except the whole scenario of basically all he has to do is slip through the time warp and they, they, they figure out if he's holding on to a kaiju at a time, it'll, 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 it'll fool the, the, the detectors and he can get through to the parallel dimension, leave the bomb there, blow it up. Right. And then possibly escape or not escape. This is not what I had in mind for a third act. Yeah. It's what, a little... I, what I had in mind from the beginning when you told me that there's another dimension, when you told me that there are aliens in another dimension, when you told me that they're cloning aliens in another dimension, okay, my third act is you've got to go to that dimension and you've got to fight there, okay? You know, I wanted something out of, you know, out of Predator 2 where he gets through this, he gets through this uh, wormhole to the other d dimension and there's like five kaiju standing there Right, and he's got to fight like two or three of them, kick their ass, just in time to get the nuke set off. Like I wanted fighting in this other world, this third universe, this yeah. other dimension. Let's find out more about these 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 guys who are setting up the the um, the colonization. Uh, let's find let's spoil their colonization plans. Who knows? You know, at the end of this movie, whether they just go and colonize another planet. Um, yeah, no, because we what we so what we end up with is Independence Day again, right? Yeah, yeah. We, we, we've we've got Randy Quaid uh, in in the form of Marshall sacrificing himself, yeah. right? Uh, and then and then we've got Jeff Goldblum going into the spaceship. You know, we get to see it. You know, that's kind of cool. We get to see the other world, and you know, they plant a bomb just like Jeff Goldblum yeah, planted, planted a virus. Well, but yeah. you, you, you and see, it, and then it's you're also out. it's also Armageddon. It's like this little switch of who's going to stay behind and blow the thing up. But yep. you know, there's a whole world there. There's a whole thing. There's a whole taking this idea to the till its fullest extent to the negation of the negation of where this third act needed to rise to, you know, Beckett, it does not meet Sharknado standards. It does definitely does not meet Sharknado. It does not go all, it doesn't take the concept as far as Sharknado did. Right. Sharknado did, man. You go, you, they go into the tornado and they blow it up and then sharks are coming out and you go into the sharks, right? Like that's, yeah, that's how you take it to the, to the full extent of a concept. Okay. You gotta have, you know, I wanted Beckett one armed Beckett Mako going head to head with like a bunch of Kaiju, some brand new cloned ones. And where's the cloning device and what's the whole universe there. And, and maybe, maybe something, maybe something honorable, something awesome. Where like the Kaiju are, are, are these warriors, this warrior class that are being used by sort of the, 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 the brain, the, the, the intellectual elite class of these aliens in this other dimension and that Beckett coming through and slaying like three kaiju earns the respect of the other kaiju. And they tell the, the, the intellectual class, the elite class, you know what? 
We're not we're not going to this planet anymore. These these earn their respect. We're on strike. You know, we're on strike. Let's go kick some other planet's ass. A little bit more like Predator 2, you know, when he kicks the Predator's ass on the ship and they throw him a bone, they say, all right, here's your trophy. You've earned our respect. Because there's a big theme of respect here. And then, then you can let Beckett and Mako go back through the, uh, the wormhole without this ridiculous escape, escape raft scenario that they use they, they, yeah. they end up they end up uh, you know jettisoning the escape rafts through through the wormhole or whatever and that's just you know uh, yeah I, no I, I agree i you know i i was i don't say i wouldn't say i was disappointed with, with the third act but it, it to me it's one of these things it's neither really active nor passive right like it's you know, we're going to go there, we're going to drop the bomb, and we're going to get out. There's, yeah. you know, we have to fight to get there, and I guess that's that's what you go for. But, but, you know, I really like what you're saying, go there and fight. And, you know, like, let's just go in and do it. But, uh, you know. I mean, yeah, so then, so then, okay, so our, our movie ends with the bomb going off. Um, they save humanity, they close the portal. Uh, both uh, Beckett and Mako escape uh we think beckett's dead for a minute but mako sort of uh shakes him and they end on this great moment on a raft in a in a sunny ocean um like brother and sister it's not a love thing here yeah it's a family thing they don't kiss they don't like embrace it's like maybe there's like a hug or something but i got a very family vibe from it which is a really good choice because i'm sure i'm sure Del Toro's getting notes from the studio. Like, they got to make out. When's the sex? Blah, blah, blah. Right. Um, and, you know, it's ambiguous. She's like, you know, they're, they're, there's enough there that they could have a relationship after the movie's over. But that's not what it's about. You know? It's, it's a good nut to end on. Yeah. And, you know, the other failure is, you know, there's no real arc for Beckett here. He never learns a lesson of, like, teamwork like Maverick did in Top Gun. Um, you get a little bit of that from the British son. Uh, uh, and his father yeah. learning not to be a jerk, um, uh, but there wasn't a real like character arc for for anybody in this movie. So yeah, um, you know Beckett learning to trust again could have been an arc, but he learned to trust as soon as he made Mar- Mako his partner. Um, let's yeah, see. We don't really get to see like a real like damaged. Uh, Raleigh, you know, like that—that that would have been interesting, right? Like if five years later, after his brother died, he's just like this damaged guy, you know? Yeah, exactly. And recluse, and and, and 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 Marshall doesn't want him in the program. Mako is in the Jaeger because she's the best, but they're and they're and they're testing all kinds of other subjects, and and Beckett's, you know, clearly great, but he's 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 a he's a he's a loose cannon. And yeah. he breaks rules. You know, he's Maverick. He's got to learn to stay with his wingman. You know, that would be a better arc for this scenario. Um, and you could still do the father-daughter thing. Then you get Marshall approving, finally approving of Beckett uh, when he decides to play by the rules and stick with the plan. And Marshall, you know, and that's the same arc as, as uh, Affleck's character in Armageddon, you know? He's got to learn, he's got to, learn to uh, you know... Harry has to learn to trust him, and he's got to learn not to be a hot dog. That's the arc we, you know, I was hoping for here. Um, but I don't know. That does it. Is there anything else you want to do? Anything you want to say before you finish up? Other? No, man. I mean, you know, like, look, I think I really enjoyed the movie. I, I think it, I think it was a, a good movie. It was, you know, it's kind of the best of what high concept can be, right? Like everybody throws around the term high concept, and, and you know, like. The, the fewer words that you can use, the more high concept it is, right? So if it's sea monsters versus robots, that's about that's about as as high concept as you can get. And you know, the movie has a, a decent amount of heart. It's trying to say, you know, a couple things. It's trying to uh, play with a family vibe with a yeah. with, with a sense of uh, partnership, of openness, of of teamwork, of of uh, you know, of, of working together between nations and stuff. There, you know, there, there's a lot of cool and, stuff going and, on. And, and the set pieces continue to surprise us, okay? Yeah. Uh, something that can very easily become predictable. Um, 
um, the 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 style of this film, the visual style, and and the you know the sound, the music, and everything is very original. You know, Del Toro has this great '80s throwback stuff with his own spin on it, modern spin on it. You feel an original uh, aesthetic to this movie that's very successful. Yeah, no, um, but you, you know, you you feel. You feel like you did when you were a kid and you were watching, you know, not necessarily got some, some of these like Japanese cartoons that I saw when I was a kid, like right. G-Force, or, you know, like, yeah. um, you know, thing, things that like when I was five, you know, I had no concept of, of you know, like this Japanese sensibility. But these things were like amazing to me, you know? Yeah, it reminded me a lot of that stuff. A lot of those old great cartoons, uh, a little bit of Thundercats, you know, Thundercats was like a big family, right? Yeah. Yeah, Voltron. You know, like you talk yeah. about, like having to have two people in the cockpit in the Jaeger. You know, like Voltron had to be five people. These people That's had to right. work as a team to make you know this ultimate weapon. You know, that that I loved it when they whipped there. out the Voltron sword. That's not. That's not. That's not. That's not borrowing. That's homage. That's stealing outright. That's because it's a genre convention. Whip out the sword, Matt. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. It's cool. And they got better. Like they they figured out. You know what? The swords are a thing, right? Like that. That's cool fantastic yeah all right chris thank you so much um yeah. let me let me outro us uh you can email us fan mail us hate mail us comments questions to scriptfeed at gmail.com you can join our facebook page you can join our google plus page by suturing for nyc screenwriters collective you can uh, follow us on twitter at scriptfeed um, if you live in New York City, you should sign up for one of our uh, workshops. We review feature scripts. We review TV scripts. We do all kinds of stuff. Check out meetup.com under NYC Screenwriters Collective. Um, and, yes, we're looking for uh, podcast reviews. Please go to iTunes uh, if you like the podcast and give us a positive review. Write us some notes. We will read it next time on our podcast. Yep, or just send us an email, you know, like. Ask us question, call us assholes, oh, yeah. we'll, we'll talk about it. Anything. Yeah. We're gonna bring it we're, we're gonna bring it all out. Chris, thanks again. Thanks a lot, David. We'll uh, I'll see you soon. Adios. It's a new age of combat. Human beings genetically engineered to be the best fighters in history. Two champions. It isn't over until someone wins. <laughs> At war with each other. Kill it! I have already killed you. Two invincible men. Let's finish it, Alexander. Here and now. The ultimate killing machines. I'm gonna get in this thing! And I'm gonna kick your... Jocks.